You're listening to Salon Frequency, a weekly podcast for salon professionals that are revolutionizing the texture of salon culture. My name is Jocelyn Renee, and as your host on this journey, my goal is to encourage your growth behind and beyond the chair in this ever-changing beauty industry. And one of the most effective ways to do just that is through relationships. It's been said that if you want to grow quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, grow together. Or maybe that's just something I say. Either way, I'm excited to welcome you to another collaborative episode. So if you've ever had to battle with your ego or that voice in your head that says creating videos and showing my face isn't really my thing. In this episode, our special guest is going to share with you how she overcame her camera fears, stepped in front of her brand, and positioned herself as an authority in the salon industry. So I'd like to welcome Frida to the Salon Frequency Podcast. I'm going to start by reading her bio. From financial analyst to radio account exec, Frida has worn many hats in a corporate arena. However, a chance encounter at the dreadlock shop led to a part-time job as a salon assistant and ultimately to a career as a licensed cosmetologist. In 2008, with very little money saved, bad credit, and a desire for more, Frida left her good job, quote-unquote, and decided to become a full-time hairstylist. A year later, she took another leap of faith and a chance on herself to take ownership of the dreadlock shop. With over 15 years of experience as a natural hair professional, she still finds beauty, versatility, and excitement in the ever-evolving world of natural hair care. When not in the salon, you can find her spending time with her husband and two amazing sons. So, Frida, I would like to thank you for making the time to chat with us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Frida, when I first met you, I think it was about five years ago, your social media, really all social media for that matter, was uh, very different than it is today. But you've always been pretty consistent with putting out content, which is one of the reasons why I really admire you. And recently, I've taken notice, particularly on your Instagram, how you, and not just with selfies or client photos, you've been personally sharing more videos on your business page. So what prompted your desire to get in front of your online audience? Interestingly enough, you and I met at the Natural Hair Industry Convention uh, when it was still in Baltimore, I think. I forget what year it was, but I remember meeting you then, and I thought you were awesome. And Thank fast you. forward. <laughs> Fast forward to the Natural Hair Industry Convention in 2018. I had been following Ray Sorgano and I went over to introduce myself and we were talking. We were obviously talking about social media because that is his lane. And I was sharing with him that although I had been posting pretty much pretty consistently off and on for a couple of years, that my most engaging posts, my most commented posts were usually posts where it was of me sharing something about my hair or my experience. And so he was like, okay, so do that, do that more. And I was like, mm, no, the people, they don't really want me. And he's like, the proof is in the pudding, like they do. He had said that I had clients say that just in general conversations with other business owners, it kept coming up and I kept fighting it. And finally, I was like, well, what, what if I just actually did more of me? Clearly the people are interested, which is, it's sometimes hard to receive that people are as interested in you as they appear to be. It feels weird. It feels like, I don't think they're as interested as they're saying they are, but 
the numbers didn't lie. And so a friend of mine was doing a Facebook challenge for herself where she was getting in front of the camera every day for 23 days. And I was a huge champion of that. And one of those 23 days, she was like, you need to be on camera with me. So it, it really forced me to get out of my comfort zone. And from there, it just became fun. And it became something I wanted to do. And I realized that I could be so much more impactful in my industry with my clients um, if I used my voice and didn't hide behind it. And so from there, it just turned into wanting to put out video content sharing my story, sharing my client's stories on a regular basis. And I hear like you spoke with Ray, who is, you know, the king of, I would say, social media strategy in the salon space. And then you had a challenge with your friends. So did you get a mentorship with Ray or anybody else in the industry before starting or shortly after doing the challenge? No, I, I did at some point sign up for like a hairstyling coaching program. But when I made the decision to start to go live and to present myself more in front of the camera, that really just was being motivated and inspired by other people in the industry and people around me who just kept sending me that message. But no, there was no mentor. It really was just success leaves clues. And these clues just kept showing up. And it was like, what's the worst that could happen? Just do it. And that was it. And you're still doing it. And it's so amazing. It's Thank so, you. it sounds like you should purchase a tripod to get started. Do you have to purchase any other equipment or did you tell yourself you needed to purchase any other equipment to get started? Was that like a hindrance at all? I know, at least for me, there have definitely been periods where I've told myself, you need to purchase a $3,000 camera. You need a fancy tripod. You need uh, a Bluetooth device to start and stop the camera. You need a whole new set of makeup brushes. You need to go to the Mac counter, go to NARS and get... Like, there were so many things that mentally I would tell myself, you need all of these things in place to do this. And the reality was, I ordered my tripod from Amazon for probably between 20 and 30 bucks, if that. And I bought a Bluetooth clicker. I don't know if that's the correct term for it, but it, it starts and stops the video. That was it. Like, my phone and a tripod. And honestly, the clicker, it's temperamental. So it's literally my phone and my tripod and my quick, like, five-minute makeup bag that I keep in the salon and my personality. Those were all the tools I realized I ultimately needed to be successful. So you really had all the things pretty much already to get started. Yes. So since you changed or really added to your social strategy to be more engaging with video content, how has it helped your business? Like what changes have you seen? The most direct change has been an increase in clientele. The, there has been a direct correlation between my video content and the number of new clients that I see. And when I ask them, how did you find me? How did you get our information? The vast majority of them will say online. And if I dig deeper, it'll be, I saw your video. Um, or even if, even if it is just presenting myself as an expert in my industry, I get a lot more DMs. I get a lot more questions about people wanting to know what they should, what they should do. Even if I'm not their stylist, maybe they're in Florida and they're just like, what do you think about color? What do you think about cutting locks. You know, what do you think about double processing and using lightener and ACV rinses or things like that? It has really started to put me in a position of being an authority in my industry, which I appreciate because there's so much bad information out there. I agree with you a thousand percent because I find myself going to your page like, I wonder if Frida talked about this or referring some of my guests to your page to uh, look at some hairstyles that you posted or some of the discussions that you have 
had around some topics in the industry. So I truly appreciate your content personally. And I know um, I can see how clients and guests would appreciate it as well. So was there a strategy from the jump to include both like hairstyles, something personal and like authoritative content? Initially, there was no strategy, Jocelyn. It was just do something, just do a video. If there were something that was like a rule for myself, it was trying to do two to three videos a week. I had to even let go of editing software initially because that was something else that that was like a hindrance to putting out content because it became, oh, well, I can't do a video if I don't know how to use iMovie or InShot or um, some of the other apps that are for editing. And I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to edit it. I'm either going to do it in one take or y'all are going to see me stumble because this is real. And this is me trying to record this video in the 15 minutes before my next client walks in. There wasn't a strategy or rather the strategy was just do it. Like stop being scared and just do it. It's okay if you mess up. It's okay if you stutter. Because like you mentioned, referring clients back to me in terms of videos or hairstyles, I do the same for you. There are other people in the hair salon industry that I may check them out because I'm like, she's really good when it comes to X, Y, Z. And what I would notice in their videos where they, they were not perfect. Sometimes they'd have on makeup. Sometimes they wouldn't have on makeup. Sometimes they would stutter. Sometimes the, the camera, the, the phone would fall. And so if there were a strategy, it was simply to just do it and at a minimum try to do two videos a week. I absolutely love that. Just do it anyway. Start where you are. Things that I tell myself all the time. So I, I truly appreciate you saying that and putting that into perspective because, you know, we get in our head a lot. You have a team in your salon, right? To you yes. and other people? Yeah. So how do you balance being the owner, being in the spotlight, quote unquote, and promoting your staff and their skills on the same salon account? It is difficult promoting the salon and promoting the other stylists when you don't always share the exact same aesthetic. And so something that we have actively worked on is using a similar background so that when I pull pictures from the other stylist page and I add them to the lockstop page, they flow seamlessly. Uh, taking pictures the same way. So in salon, we'll practice how she angles her clients and her pictures so that when I share them to the lockstop page, it looks seamless and it doesn't seem like we're, we're operating in two different spaces or we're serving vastly different clients. Our, our clientele is very similar. And there have been situations where I couldn't see someone and she saw them and vice versa. So. Initially, it was challenging because it is very much my personality and she is not really interested in going live as much as I am. And I didn't want that to be a a blockage. Like, well, I can't do it until everybody else is ready. So the solution was, how can we create an aesthetic that is uniform, that is consistent? So when you do share, what you share is similar to what I share. And also behind the scenes, having those conversations about answering questions in DMs, communicating with clients when you're not in the salon so that the messaging remains the same. Wow. It's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to create a, or to curate a salon um, social media page. Do you have her plan out her, her posts or videos? No, I don't have her plan out her, her posts or her videos. At some point we may get to that point. I do encourage her to post often. I encourage her to share information because while there are a lot of things that we have in common, I feel like every hairstylist is different. And so fundamentally, 
there's the science of cosmetology that we may share. But I feel like the art, the art is where each of us lends something different based on our personality. And so I do encourage her to share information with her followers, even if that's not doing a live video, but if it's a Q&A in her story, things like that. And then also sharing parts of her life that she's comfortable sharing. Because as we talked about earlier, people want to get to know you. They want to get to know you. And you can only, I can only see so many clients at a time. I want my staff to grow as much as I'm growing. So we definitely talk about showing up online on a regular basis. At a minimum, you know, twice a week, which is actually not that high. But I also know that I've had to learn as a leader that where I am is not necessarily where everybody else is. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. That's huge. So how do you find time to do all this? Two, three videos a week, helping grow your staff, actually working behind a chair, having a son or two sons, a husband, a business. Where, where do you find the time to do social media? So I do, I do not take a formal lunch break. I cut out a formal lunch break a couple of years ago. And so I will tell you specifically, I, I do drop off of my boys in the morning. So the mornings are with me. Sometimes they are great. Sometimes they are not so great. After I drop them off, I go straight to the gym. And so I am at the gym for that first 40 minutes to an hour of the day. And that's the workout and getting dressed. There's not a lot of time for socializing at the gym. And then I will leave the gym, come in here. And if my first client is at 10 or 1030, then I will record a video in that 15 or 20 minutes. And some days I may end up editing that video later. Some days I may record that video and whatever raw content and raw footage I got, that is what is going up. And I post it. I occasionally will batch content in terms of thinking ahead and maybe writing out captions or looking at pictures and seeing what copy comes to mind from that photo. But I don't do that as often as I would like to from a time management perspective. Um, and then I jump into clients. And I'm with clients for the rest of the day. I leave the shop around 5, 30. I pick up my littlest son. I get him home. Evenings are either going to be filled with sports activities for the oldest one or dinner as a family. And then it's what we call the three Bs, bath time, book, and bedtime. And then my husband and I try to spend at least an hour just hanging out on the couch, just enjoying each other's company. And then it is bedtime and then rinse and repeat. I've done much better in 2020 of blocking off days to focus on admin because I realized that the administrative stuff wasn't getting as much attention as it needed. And so that has been something I've implemented for 2020. But time management, I am obsessed with managing my time, better using my time, being engaging on social media and being social, but also knowing when to get out and knowing when I'm not working, I'm just looking at somebody's nails as I'm trying to find a new nail technician. And after scrolling through tons and tons of pages, it's like, what are you doing? This isn't serving you. You could be doing something else. So yeah, time management is, is something that I am really focused on improving, but we all get the same 24 hours. It's just what we do with them. So true. And I really wish Instagram or your phone had like an alert that said, what are you doing? Yes. You're in a rabbit hole. Right. Take the squirrel. <laughs> that, that would be, that would be great. Um, so I hear that you intentionally carve out the time before guests or when you're in the salon to do social media. Do you also make time like while you're with your guests to like record content or go share anything with to your stories? So it's interesting that your your question about sharing with guests while I'm with them, that is actually something I'm working on. And I realized because of the way that our space is set up, and I hate to say this because I feel like I'm contradicting myself, 
I am looking to get like a, a wall mounted tripod because the tripod I traditionally use is a, is a standard tripod that stands on the floor, but it's pretty tall. And when no one is in here, it's not in the way. But when clients are in here, if I have a client, if the other lady has a client, it's awkward. It's in the way. It's not because our space isn't huge. And so I am looking to get something that I can, even if it's just like my pop socket, just buying one and sticking it to the window or sticking it to the, the wall opposite me so I can be hands-free. Because I've tried it with the tripod and it's just, it's very awkward. So I want to do more of that because I know that people, we like to see what other people are doing. We like to see other people's journeys specifically as it relates to their hair. So that is on the to-do list. So with your admin days, do you ever, um, does that include tracking like your statistics? Do you go back and see, okay, this people, this this amount of people like this video. I didn't get so much engagement on this video. Or do you just kind of put out what you feel? On admin days, I actually, I do a little bit of both. I, I do like to see what people have engaged the most in, what got the most comments. Uh, what got people most interested, the most views or likes or uh, impressions. I do like to get into that, but you've probably heard of Gary V. He can be a bit polarizing at times, but I think at his core, he puts out pretty good information. And one of the things he talks about a lot is just just be yourself and just, just share, share what you know, share what you're good at. Uh, and I like to do that as well. I try, I, sometimes I try not to get so caught up in Okay, did this get three likes? Did this get 300 likes? Did this get 30 comments? Did this get three? Like, that's great. Those are great markers. But I also feel like sometimes if we get so caught up in that, then we begin to only serve a specific segment of our audience. And there's there's so much more to be shared. And so while every video may not be the most liked or the, the sexiest topic, sometimes that's the information people need the most. And I know that we get sometimes caught up in the very surface of hair, right? Fun hairstyles and, and crazy colors. And so that, that post, that video may have gotten the most views or the most likes or the, or the, the highest engagement. But we need to also talk about how much color we're using in our hair and double processing and can our hair take that and the chemicals that we're putting in our hair. Like that stuff is interesting as well, but it's just not as, as sparkly as the end result where you ended up with all purple and, and lavender and green hair. Like, that's fun, but that's the end result. We got to talk about how we got there and the health of your hair. And like you mentioned about transparency and doing things that you like or sharing things that you like, I know you love to read. What book comes to mind that has helped give you clarity and or confidence in your business? So I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. So the book I'm going to mention is actually a fiction book. And I read it couple of years ago, it's called Fates and Furies, and it's about a married couple. The book is written in two parts. The first part, Fates, is the husband's perspective, and the second part, Furies, is the wife's perspective. It is probably one of the first books I ever read that I can recall, where I wanted to start the book over as soon as I finished the last page. The reason why I like the book is because it gives the perspective of marriage from both the husband and the wife. And when I translate that into business, and I didn't realize that I was going to, but when I translated it into business, I felt like it was similar to giving the perspective of the client and the stylist. And as the stylist, there are all of these things that we see that we're working on, and, and I'm working on my bookkeeping, and I'm working on you know conferences and networking and all these things. And the client just, they have what they want. They want to like their hair. They want to like what they see when they look in the mirror. 
And so I felt like it just gave me a different way of looking at myself as a hairstylist. It is not just about what I see. It's also about what the clients see. And sometimes we can't see that. We can, we're in this relationship with clients and sometimes we really have to step back and what does the client see? Like, I think I keep the shop clean, but maybe they notice that I haven't swept underneath, I don't know, the, the cabinet in a while. Or that, I just think in any relationship, there's what you see and then there's what I see. And it is helpful sometimes if we can take off our glasses and try to see what the other person sees. So although it is fiction, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I am currently reading the one thing, which although I'm literally reading it as we speak, I am really digging this book. So we'll see what that goes. That was very different, very unique. Destiny thought you were going to mention a business development book. Now I'm so intrigued. They also noticed with your branding on social media is that you use images from it looks to be a professional photo shoot. How important was it for you to get that photo shoot done? Or do you strive to consistently do photo shoots for your branding? We have done photo shoots before. And years ago, back when... I mean, that's just so pretty popular, like Sophisticates Black Hair. I've, I've done photo shoots that ended up in Sophisticates. Um, it was another one. I think it was called Style Q or Salon Q. This is, this is when photographers would, and, and I don't know if they still do, but like they would come around the salons and you would pay a deposit and then you would, they would have it like at a hotel in Laurel, Maryland or somewhere near where you were. And they had everything there, the makeup artist, the lighting and all that would be set up and you would do a photo shoot. But it was very much like a studio type situation. And I used to, I loved to do those. And then I think after, or somewhere around the time that I had my first son, I kind of got out of that. And so I didn't do photo shoots for a while, but I've always, I, have, I, I love photography. I think if I wasn't a hairstylist, I might be a photographer. Um, I have always loved the art of photography. And so when I got back into doing photo shoots, I liked the pictures. If I had an event, we would always have a professional photographer. But recently, probably, I guess it was last year, maybe the year before, I, I knew that I wanted to get some really, really seriously branded photos. And I'd done a photo shoot with a photographer. The photos were okay, but they just, from an art perspective, it just, it was something missing. Like I felt like it didn't adequately reflect the shop's personality. And so I started following Danielle Finney on Instagram and I fell in love with the way that she was able to convey a business's brand through photo. And I was like, I got to work with her like this. She gets it. And not just for hairstylists, but just creative, just people. She just spoke in color. And I felt like that was a similar language that the lock shop was operating in. And we did a photo shoot with her and it was just, it was everything. Like I knew just that day, the photos were going to be amazing. And once we got the photos back, I was like, this is it. This is our brand. Like this, this brightness, this, the light, the fun. That was it. So I, I think branding, I think professional photos are super important. But I also think, going back to my earlier point, if that is not in the budget because it can get expensive, then you get a tripod or you get a friend who has like an iPhone 11, which takes amazing pictures. And you get some great pictures of yourself because I have those too. I've done those photo shoots as well. Uh, I've done bartering with clients who are great photographers and we go to Rock Creek Park on a nice summer day and we get some great photos. So in general, though, I think, I, think, I think great photos are huge. The branding, the consistency, 
and just putting out a consistent image for your business. One thing that really stood out to me that you mentioned about the branded photography was you said it spoke to the salon personality. And I feel that when I look at your pictures versus like you didn't go the route with like you styling hair and I'm standing behind a chair and I'm touching someone's hair and like this is the identity of what my brand is. You went more with like personality. Did you decide to do that or that was that your photographer's decision? I think unconsciously I decided to go with that. I knew that I wanted the energy of our salon to be captured in the photos. I mean, we, we did our own, we did each other's hair, you know, so you were going to get that. You were going to, you were going to get that. We, we knew what we were doing, that we know how to do hair. But more than that, I just wanted our personalities to come across in the photos because I feel like being a good hairstylist is like, we can all be equal in that, right? Like we can all be good hairstylists, but you're ultimately probably visiting your stylist because there's something in their personality that resonates with you. There's something in their spirit that you walk in the room and you're like, this is it. This is a stylist for me. And in that way, I know for me, the, the clients that we see for Nicole, they are similar. We can share books. We can talk about marriage. We can talk about parenting. Um, but we can also talk about like the effects of Black Lives Matter on the culture as a whole. We can talk about racism and we can talk about Tyler Perry's new movie. And even if one of us does not do that thing, in all in all, I feel like our personalities just, we could be friends outside of the shop. We get along really well. And so I wanted the images to speak to that. You probably already know we can we can do color well or we can do updos well. Like and, and, and if you don't, you'll find out. But the personality, the personality I feel like is where the client style relationship really, really blossoms. You just summed up salon branding in a nutshell. Like <laughs> it's it's amazing. And like you are killing it. So with that, I would like to ask if you have any words of advice about building a brand or um, just in general for salon professionals in our industry? I think it is so important to get in front of your brand, to talk to your audience, to find out what they want and, and answer them. Because they're telling you, they're telling you every time they sit in your chair what they want. They're telling you who they are. Like like you said, I love to read. I've always loved to read. That is nothing new. That There's nothing strategic about that. I generally love to read and what I found was a lot of my clients love to read and so me sharing the books that I like to read just it was a natural extension of the brand because it's something that we just generally like to do your clients they want to get to know you they want to get to know people want to get to know you they want to really connect with you and then also they want you to be a good hairstylist but more than that, they want to connect with you. And I, I think if, if I could leave somebody with advice, it would be that to allow your clients to connect with you, to allow them to get to know you on a deeper layer. And it's funny because I'm actually quite private. I consider myself to be quite private, but there are parts of my personality that I love to share. And I wanted to find a way to implement that into the brand and in some ways even make that the brand. So I would say to, to get in front of your business, talk to your clients, find out what they want ask them questions, the questions that they're asking you every day, answer those questions and create, whether it be through your website or social media, or even in the way you dress on a daily basis, create that 
and then multiply it. Do more of that. Yes, your salon personality is almost synonymous with your salon brand. It's really from that. So where can salon professionals find you online? You can find the lock shop online at the hyphen lockshop.com, which is our website. You can find us on social media, specifically Instagram at the lock shop. That's lock with no K. You can find us on Facebook at the lock shop salon, all one word. So between the website, Instagram, and Facebook, you can find us there. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned anything from this episode or were inspired by anything that was shared today, please consider posting a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out the show notes for links to resources that were mentioned in the interview. And be sure to visit salonfrequency.com so that you can join the vibe and email newsletter that keeps the conversation going.